You know, I just interviewed a guy uh, yesterday who's raised $20 million in his first year of raising capital. Oh my goodness. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Kenny Garza. Kenny, how are you doing today? Man, I'm great. I'm, uh, I mean, it's right after Christmas right now, right? So <laughs> uh, it's that weird week between Christmas and New Year's where you're still trying to get back into the flow of things. But um, man, I had a great, great Christmas with your family. So doing phenomenal. What about this yourself? Is, talk about, uh, yeah, that. The weird week between Christmas and New Year's, there's literally one week and you're like, do I work? Do I not work? Do I spend time with the kids and the family? Do I not? Like, what do I do? Ah, you know, and so this year I'm kind of doing a quasi like uh, Tuesday, the day after Christmas, I spent mostly with my family. I did a little bit of work. Yesterday, I worked for probably about five hours, um, then spent the rest of the time with my family. I'm today, doing the same thing. <laughs> today is mostly a work day. I think it will probably be a full full work day. And then tomorrow, I think I'm going to do a little bit of uh, the quasi, you know, family and, and some work. So, yeah, it just it, every year I've, I'm like, what do I do this year? <laughs> do I <laughs> yeah. work really hard or do I take the week off? So, that's right. That's right. The ebb and flow week, I guess. I don't know. So some of the times it's really nice. Uh, I'm sure you saw this in your mortgage business. You see this in your flipping business and and stuff. But some of it's really nice sometimes to put in the work because it seems like nobody else is putting in work, and so you don't right. have any emails, you don't have phone calls, text messages coming in. It's like yeah. it's so much quieter this week. So sometimes it's nice just to be like, hey, I'm gonna buckle down and I'm gonna get a lot of stuff done this week. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm actually doing a lot of, uh, a lot of thinking this week. So like yeah. how, not only like, okay, what are my goals for this year? But like, how am I going to tackle those goals mm. so that it's in line with, you know, the kind of business that I want to build. Um, and not just like get caught in that like hamster wheel where you're just like, Oh, just going, going, going. But, um, I guess you could say taking the week to work on my business if yeah. you will. And that's really important, right? I think, like you said, we get caught in that little hamster wheel and we just keep on grinding and grinding and grinding throughout the year. So it is nice to have this time this week where maybe you can just slow down and go, okay, let's, let's think about how we're going to operate the business this next year. I, I feel it's a good reset. Some people don't love new years as being this goal time. And cause it, you know, the new year's resolutions, nobody follows through with them. But I think yeah. if you take your time and really th think and strategize, like you said, not only knowing your goals, but also processing through, okay, how am I going to achieve these goals? It's not as simple as that's just right. knowing your goals is one thing that's, that's cute. Right. But how do you're going to achieve the goals is where it really um, makes the magic happen. I completely agree. All 100%. right. So Kenny, I, I didn't introduce you. I usually do that first, but you know, we got sidetracked, which is fine. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit about Kenny. Uh, he became a mortgage uh, loan officer after three years of uh, hard work and dedication, uh, able to close over 48 million uh, in 2021. 
he actually turned uh, from there. Uh, he started to do uh, wholesaling and flips and generated uh, just over 110,000 realized revenue, just uh, just under 90 days. Um, and, and that's kind of what you're doing now and you're growing and expanding and still just improving uh, upon kind of that process. Yeah. So from the, with, with that little bit of background, can you give our listeners a bit more about who you are and then we'll dive yeah. in? Yeah, for sure. So um, I think, uh, so something I think that's important as part of my, my, my journey is um, I moved to the United States when I was 16. So I, in it, I grew up in, uh, in Mexico, in Monterrey. And um, we moved um, after our, my dad passed unexpectedly. Uh, we used to own a business over there. So we so, sold everything, but- What um, kind of business was it? Um, it, was a, uh, it was a meat market and cold storage. So it was yeah. about maybe 5,000 square feet of cold storage that we used to lease. And then we had maybe 10,000 square feet of like, uh, you know, uh, meat market, retail kind of thing. Um, so that's we we that was a forty year uh, family business that we owned, but uh, after my dad passed, my grandpa had passed eight months before that or nine months I think, and so it was just kind of like our call of like, all right, God doesn't want us here, like we need to leave. Um, so we sold everything and in Mexico, inheritance laws, all that stuff. It took like eight years to get a single penny from all of that. Wow. So. Wow. And uh, so we came to the United States with nothing. So, um, and I think that's where I wanted to start because when I came to the United States at 16, we were living with my aunt and, you know, I was, I slept on the floor probably for three to six months until we adjusted and we got our own apartment. Uh, my first job was a, was a Kroger cashier. So I came with like, English was not my first language. I didn't come with relationships. It did not come with money with nothing. And so Fast forward, got into mortgage in, in San Antonio, did that for three years, did really well. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I had been studying real estate. Like I started listening to bigger podcasts and other podcasts as well, reading the books, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, all that whole thing. Um, so two years before I got into mortgage. So I had already kind of started to wanting to get into real estate for the for the wealth creating aspect of it. And um, so after I got into mortgage, um, my initial thought was, so my fiance, uh, her name's Camille. She, she got her real estate license. And so she was, she was doing, uh, some transactions here and there. And we both were like, okay, you're going to learn this side of the business. I'm going to learn the mortgage side of the business. And then we're going to be killers. We're going to crush it. And, uh, but again, the whole idea was to be real estate investors. Right. But what they don't tell you is that being a mortgage lender, like you learn primarily more about underwriting guidelines, right? More so than how to uh, look at the lens from a real estate investor, how you make money on a flip or on a wrap or a commercial or like any of those things. It's, it's a different world. And so it's funny because I remember talking with, and I've still have these conversations, right. But with these mortgage lenders and, and, but when I was first starting this and they would ask me these questions about my business and get so excited about what I'm doing, I'm like, yeah. What are you talking about? Like you're, you're, you get to see this every day. Like you, why aren't yeah. you investing? Why, why don't you own a ton of properties? And it's like, yeah. but it's a totally different side of the business and it's not yes. an investor mindset. It's like it's you not. said, it's an under, you're looking at it for an underwriting perspective. hundred percent. So like the main things that 
Um, so I did mostly purchase. Uh, I know rates were good back then, but I was work working for a builder, right? So um, that's really where I found that that cool niche. And um, um, man, it, it, it was just all, you know, FHA, conventional, VA, like, you know, I didn't really learn any. I didn't even know what hard money was. Well, mm. I did, but that was because of my own education, not because yeah. of the mortgage lender. Not because right? of what, yep. Um, so anyways, I, I say all of this because, February of 2022 came, rates were still good. I was having, I just had my best year ever, you know, as a, as an individual, you know, from an earning perspective. And, um, my fiance and I kind of took a moment to pause and be like, dude, what are, what are we building here? Right? Like, what are, what are we actually looking to, to accomplish? Um, cause we had promised ourselves that no matter how good the money was, we weren't going to quotations park, right? Like, because that was not the end goal. That was just, that was just a, a stepping stone. And so um, we weren't going to adjust our lifestyle. We weren't going to do all that, but we did. We bought the house, we bought the car, we bought all the stuff. And uh, then we we went 180. We rented the home, we sold one of the cars, and we were like, okay, well, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go full-time real estate investing. So that was February of 2022. Um, were you already doing wholesales and flipping at that time? No, nothing. So you just quit your job. I just quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I so just, by so the way, listeners, I don't recommend doing this unless <laughs> you are okay. truly able to, like if you've got mm -hmm. a spouse that is, you don't have a lot of responsibilities whatever it is, but I don't recommend usually doing this, but I do commend you for it. Because, man, you jumped in with both feet. You burned yeah. the bridges. You said, I'm I'm not doing this mortgage thing. I'm focusing all in on the business and the business growth. So I do commend yeah. you for that. That is awesome. But you yeah. got to make sure you're prepared for it or have some sort of fault because you still have to eat. Yeah, you right? still have you know responsibilities. You still you have know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's easier I mean to do without kids. Certainly hard oh, to do with that's with that is something that <laughs> Emil and I never take for granted, right? And yeah. we're one hundred percent aware of like, had we been in a different situation or circumstance, we wouldn't have been able to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and that's why we rented the home and we sold the car because we had to, to basically, yeah, we had to decrease our monthly spend by two three thousand dollars a month, mm -hmm. um, and then to be able to pivot. And the other thing I will say is, you know, I at the time I was very into. I still am right into very like the burn the boats kind of thing, like put your back against the wall. Cause yep. I mean, I think in a way all my life has been that way, right? There's like, definitely something with that, right? There, there's a motivation mm -hmm. there. If you have too much of a safety net, it's, it's certainly easier to get complacent. Oh yeah. But if, if it's like, I have to do this, there is, this is, this is like, this is me or, or, you know, survive or not like yep then then we're gonna do it right yep yeah i mean i think to give like financially an idea of kind of where we were at at the moment you know again we had a good year uh, my fiance did some transactions here and there i think we had like 50 or sixty thousand. Uh, i think um so we had like a six to seven month runway how did i not make a single dollar right but yep. uh yeah i mean i i quit and then i was um at the time I was, um, I had bought a land course that a buddy of mine was doing at a really high level. Um, he was making 
I don't know, triple what I was making um, within a year of just land flipping. And um, I had bought the course before, right before I left, I bought the course and so I started watching it. And um, I planned on leaving. <laughs> this is a funny story. I don't typically talk about this much, but I feel like I have to. So I was with this company for three years, right? Um, I had bought this course and I'd given them a 30 day notice, right? So my plan was, okay, I'm going to look into this course, <laughs> start my marketing. And then by the time I leave, there's some momentum, right? I'm not starting from zero. Well, um, uh, you know, the, I guess just the way life happens, the moment that I put in my notice, um, one of the higher ups um, at the company uh, just got really personally upset that I was leaving, I guess felt in a way betrayed or something. I don't know. And uh, was extremely discouraging of my plan. So I was very, up, you know, forthcoming. I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to be doing. And call me names and everything. It was it was not not a great thing, but it really motivated me, you know, uh, and he was basically like, hey, if you're going to leave, leave today. I was like, all right, dude, like done, you know, like if you hear my keys in my laptop, I'm done. So uh, that's how that happened. So the moment that you, I put it Usually my when somebody talks to you like that, you know that you're doing the right thing. It, I, I think <laughs> so. I think so, you know, like, um, and, and I think about it from their perspective. I'm like, you know, you're losing an asset, right? Quotations, yeah. like, and it makes me realize like, okay, I thought we had a personal relationship. We don't. It was just a business relationship, right? Um, and the moment that that was cut off, like it was a different individual who I was talking to. Um but that was for me to your point, Todd, like I, like both Camille and I internalized that as this is what we should be doing, yeah. right? Like this is, this is God's way of slamming the door on us so that we go and do it. Cause had it been perhaps, you know, who knows, maybe had they given me a race, right. Or had they yeah. make, like figure out a way to make me more comfortable, I wouldn't have left. Right. Um, so, yeah, so I did some land flipping. So I, I devoured the course in like three or four days, like 12, 15 hour days, just devoured the course, started my marketing, got my first deal in about a week and a half after I sent my first mailers. Um, and, and then it was from there, Airbnb arbitrage. We did a little bit of wholesaling. We did a flip, uh, two flips, three flips, four flips. I mean, it just kind of started scaling. Uh, and then during that period of time, though, I met, I met, uh, I reconnected with, with a buddy of mine. And we decided to partner. He had been doing wholesaling now for about a year. Um, and he had just turned full-time when we reconnected. So we were both full-time. We were like, dude, you know, I, you have the sales background, Kenny. I have the operational background because that's that's that was his background. Where we, I met my business partner. We worked together at a medical firm. So I was the uh, operations manager. He was the operations director. And we kind of connected on the uh, wealth creation passive income side of the real estate so he had been wholesaling for a year i was already gone full time investing but i was still trying to figure out i guess my footing right um yeah and it was just honestly it was easy you know it was like man this is a great match you're a great guy i really like you and you know likewise we had a great relationship with one another uh so we decided to join and form a partnership and so i was managing the sales side of the business cuz that was my background in mortgage and he was managing all the operation, marketing, et cetera. Um, it was a great partnership, but it was a really tough time in real estate, right? Uh, that's when interest rates went up. That was July, July, August of 2022. Yeah. 
So I was like, man, like, you know, I started, I mean, I had these massive doubts, right? Like, like, am I cut out for this? Am I good enough for this? Is like, <laughs> like, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just terrible at sales and I never knew it. Right. Uh, yeah. So all of these doubts just started creeping in. It was, it was rough, man. I think we didn't just not finding deals, not no, nothing yeah. Yeah. like um, he had found a niche in like, you know, selling the hedge funds and things like that. And then that was gone. Right. So mm -hmm. we had to, that we, we were like, okay, now we have to not only figure yeah. out the sales side, but the disposition side. And so it just became this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and um, I think we didn't make money for like four months, like straight out four months. So that was really rough. And, um, and then we started finding some momentum at the end of uh, 2022, the beginning of 2023, um, but then in May, I decided, I decided that it would be best for just to part ways, um, for bare, numerous reasons. But, um, I sincerely think that we're both happier and we're still good friends. Um, and I really do think it was sincerely for the best. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that led me to being where I am today. So from May, you know, May, June, July on my own, because I had this, all of this experience with wholesaling, understanding marketing, understanding the sales cycle, understanding, you know, we bought all these courses, we bought, uh, you know, sales uh, programs. And so really, uh, we got into a mastermind. I think that was a catalyst, right? Like just surrounding ourselves with people that are way better than us at, at wholesaling and what we're doing. And it just really kind of helped us, help us, you know, go to the next level, to be honest. Yeah. So those, I got a couple of questions. So I'm wondering why you chose wholesaling and flipping. Was it just easier, more tangible, quicker, quicker income? Like what, what was the reason you chose flipping and wholesaling out of the get-go? There's a million different strategies, right? In real estate, there's no right, right or wrong strategy. Yeah. I, I think at the time, like I definitely needed some like cash now, right? Like um, we were, my fiance and I at the time, we had just finished two Airbnbs. Uh, we did Airbnb arbitrage where um, you sublease a rental. Uh, you ask the landlord for permission, of course, but you sublease it to corporate and insurance housing. So we did that and it worked. It was successful, but it was not enough, right? Like our, most of our cash was tied up in these Airbnbs and our cash flow was maybe like three to 4K a month. It was not enough to what we needed. So we decided to exit them. So we sold them as like a little business and we made a little bit of profit, which was nice. And uh, we were like, okay, what's next, <laughs> right? Um, and then, you know, wholesaling came by and I, I knew about wholesaling. I knew it was like quick transactions and all of those things made sense. Um, because of the, because where we were at in our journey, like we needed to, we needed to get some cash. We needed to get some momentum. Um, and so, I mean, I, there, there wasn't like a lot of thought that went into it. I think it was more of like, this is what we need right now. And this kind of checks the boxes. So let's just go do this. Um, so I think yeah, that's, I think that's actually an important thing for people to understand. If you're going to get into the business, you have to get into the business. Sometimes it doesn't matter how you get in, right? Uh, I mean, you, quite frankly, you started in the mortgage business. That's a way, right. that was a way in. It sounds like your fiance started in the real estate sales business. Is that correct? As an agent. Yeah. As an agent, you know, that's a way in. Now that's an easy way to get trapped, right? But exactly. there's also a yeah. lot of ways to get trapped. 
if you don't want to be a wholesaler and you start that, it's easy to get trapped in it. Same thing with the flipper, all that. But it's yeah. a good way to get into the business and get yourself started because wholesaling, specifically wholesaling, it, it doesn't really require much money right. to do, right? It's it's fairly, fairly cheap uh, way to get in the business, so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, uh, man, there's so many, so many lessons, you know, in that, in that partnership, so many things that, um, I think that looking back, perhaps we could have done a little better, but you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. Um, so I think, I do think like we were spending, we built this enormous team of like eight people because we were like, well, we don't want to, you know, be, uh, self-employed, we want to own a business, but I don't think we had the proper marketing and perhaps the right infrastructure to support that at, at the, at the highest level. And, uh, yeah, anyways, that all that ended up costing us a little, like a good chunk of money. So, uh, but again, it was just a good lesson learned. And, um, now, right. As soon as I started, for example, in May on my own, I knew exactly what I had to do, what kind of marketing channels I was going to use my systems, my CRM, my operations, what, like I knew everything. Right. Yep. And so that's, and it really, like I did, you know, I did make, I think it was like a hundred and 113,000 or something like that in my first 90 days between flips and wholesaling. Um, what was the key to, to that? Like what, how did you do that? So many people struggle, right. To make anything in the first 90 days to, to so many people struggle not to lose money. In you know, yeah. in the first 90 days, how do you, how did you go about doing that to be successful? You don't need to give me the, the, the whole details, but maybe a few key things that you think were, sure. were part of your success. Um, so I think the first thing was strategy, right? Understanding what is going to be my marketing channels. Why, what are my, what is my typical lead to opportunity to contract turnaround times um, at the time I needed, you know, I needed a quick turnaround. So I went with paper leads. Mm. Uh, so I used, uh, like, uh, need to sell my house fast is one, mm. one company that I use that has done great for me. So that was, that was a big one. Um, and then to be honest, Todd, I think is, um, you know, it, it had been years in the making, right. It wasn't like I quit my job and then I made, you know, hundred and, you know, 13 K in, yeah. in 90 days. Yeah. I had the experience. I had the sales scripts. I had the um, the know how on how this business operated, so it allowed me to do it a lot faster. Um, and um, but I like to call it my temperature. Uh, my like my my temperature had dropped really low from my comfort level, right? So if my comfort level was making twenty k a month, now I was making zero, right? And so that just really ignited me from inside to, to provide for my family. And, um, it just really led me to just take on just a massive amounts of, of risk. And also I'm putting massive amounts of action tied to it. Um, cause paper leads, you know, like, I mean, three, four thousand, $5,000 goes immediately quickly. Right. And so I put in $3,500 for my marketing and then the rest was for, um, operations and things like that so um but i think strategy was the number one thing understanding my market understanding my marketing understanding my sales process and like having all those things in place even before the phone rang for the first time when that came with the preparation as you mentioned and i think it's so easy to to see the 
hundred plus thousand in ninety days and, and go, wow, that's amazing. How can I do that? I want to I want to do that today. Yeah. But you don't have any knowledge, right? You don't have any background. You've never read a book. You've never yeah. it's just sorry, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Not. Most of these people uh, the I would say ninety nine point five percent of people, and I might I might be low on my statistic, have no such. There's no such thing as overnight success, right? right. They they've done a lot of stuff in the background that nobody ever sees, and then they go out there. You know, I just interviewed a guy uh, yesterday who's raised twenty million dollars in his first year of raising capital. Oh my goodness. That's, That's a lot of money, right? That's amazing. He's an excellent job, done a really good job at it, but he's got years of experience prior to that prepping. He's laid the groundwork out. He's done a ton of things prior to even doing his first capital raise that made that all possible, right? Same thing yeah. with you. You've done many things prior to this. You you worked in a sales position, sales role. That's prepping you. You know, you oh. you've been studying and learning and doing all that for years. And then you pulled the trigger and you did, were successful right off the bat, but it was the groundwork that you laid. It was a strategy that you created uh, that helped you be successful. So I love that. Yep, um, I totally agree. Kenny, what's a mistake that you've made and how, how have you learned from it? Oh man, gosh, there's so many. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to give you the, the, the best one. I think the, the, I'm not going to call it a mistake. Cause I don't, I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was a learning opportunity. More well, they're all it. learning opportunities. right? <laughs> yeah. True. True. Um, I think getting into a partnership and, and, um, but again, I, um, I loved, I love being in that partnership. I still, you know, love my business partner. He's one of my best friends. Um, but I don't know that I would have gotten into that partnership knowing what I know now, right? Like, or at least better defining, uh, the specific ground rules in which you play in on a partnership. So how did that happen? Was it, you rushed into it? Um, you didn't understand the rules. Like what, how, how did, how was it a mistake? Cause you said you're um, still, you're still friends with the guy you guys, you guys are left in a good relationship. Yeah, yeah, we which did. is great. But so, what what happened there? Why did you get into the partnership in the first place? That you know, what what was that mistake? Or I think, or you, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna narrow it down to one single word, Todd, yeah. and I'm gonna call it fear. Mm. I think I was just scared. You know, mm. like I had just sold my Airbnbs. I lack did of not confidence, right? Lack of confidence and really yeah. not knowing what's next. Um, and I saw this opportunity with, you know, a buddy of mine that I had a great relationship with. He was already uh, successful, you know, rolling. Um, the market had just changed. So we were all kind of trying to figure it out together. And it felt, it felt, um, it felt, I think, better to go through it together with somebody rather than doing it on my own. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's really uh, when I, when I really look back at it and I, I take a moment to pause I think we, I think we both did it. I think we both did it out of fear, hoping that it was also going to, you know, be the best thing ever. Right. Yeah. Uh, which we both had the intention to. Yeah. I think that's a super important lesson to pass down to people because partnerships, 
seem like they can be good and they can be right. So I don't want to say that they're not, but I've had both good and bad partnerships and you don't want to do it out of that lack of confidence, that fear, that emotion. Right. Um, You want to make sure it's a truly is a good fit and you're truly going to be complimentary and you have the same, the same goals. I think that's really big too. Like what are, what right. are your goals and what are your business partners goals? Cause if they're different, that's going to be a really tough slug or along the way, mm-hmm. there's going to be a time yeah. where that just doesn't work anymore. So right. I think those are, those are super important and to really take a lot of time and, and date your business partner. Uh, right before you jump into uh, to a relationship, yeah, I totally agree. To a marriage, uh, yeah. Well, and to be honest, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's really kind of what it is, right? Um, and you know, I actually think, in a way, I I like I hurt that partnership in in ways that I didn't understand, right? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have that experience because um, it just kind of happened, right? And at the time it felt good. It felt like that's where we should be. That's where, you know, I think like God wanted us to be. And and I still believe that because it led to where we are today, right? Where we're both happier. We both learned a lot. We both are growing together a lot. Um, So, you know, I think I really do think it was for the best. But again, I think that's a that's a really big one for me that. um Man, I there's just so many lessons there, you know, but I think the biggest one, like you said, is lack of confidence and understanding, like, um, that's not a good place to make decisions out of, right. Under any circumstances. What's, what's next, Kenny, where, where are you growing, where are you growing and, and, uh, into the future? We talked a little bit before the show, so I want to make sure we can talk about what you're doing now. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so after, you know, these last six months of, of uh, wholesaling, flipping, you know, doing doing well, um, now we're starting to get to the point where we're starting to pause and reflect. And my fiance and I were just asking the tough questions, right? Like, what are we what are we doing here? What are we building? Right. What are we what are we working towards to? Are we closer or further away from the reason that we even got into real estate seven, six, seven years ago? Right. Um, when we read our first book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, are we on track? Are we? Are we? Or are we not? And the reality is, we're not. Right. Um, we, you know, the constant just always chasing the next sell. It's just there's nothing wrong if you build a business and that's what you enjoy. And again, don't misunderstand me. If that's what you like and you just want to make a lot of money and then reinvest that money, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. But that's the beautiful thing about real estate, right? Like you can tailor your business to your life rather than your life tailoring to your business, which is what I feel in a way where I'm at right now. That like the 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 need of the of the business has taken away certain components of my life that I want to get back now, mm-hmm. right? Like the 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 time with my family and my relationships and uh, you know exploring, traveling, uh, all these different things that um we want to accomplish in our life before we have kids right like that's another that's another big part of it it's like man we want to do some traveling we want to perhaps live abroad a little bit and but now what the focus is is okay 
how can we build a business that tailors to that lifestyle, right? So that we can still continue to grow and enjoy our career or our business life uh, without sacrificing other side of side of, of, of our business. And so what I'm focusing on right now is purchase and hold. So buy and holds are, are moving forward what our primary focus is. And we're going to be doing some subject to two wraps. So selling owner finance, um, that is, uh, we found a strategy where you can still get paid some money as if you were like wholesaling, uh, but you build a note or a long-term, uh, you become the bank also, right? Right. You don't, you don't, you don't have to manage the tenants. You just got to manage the money. So you're a bank and, um, we have analyzed all of the different, uh, exit strategies and single family and, for our for our personal lifestyle, I think that that fits better uh, the vision, and that's uh, again we were talking a little bit about this before, but that's really right now what's going on in our lives is we're taking a moment to pause and and think about what are we doing here, right? What why are we doing this? So, so you your kind of moving forward goal here uh, is to focus on cash flow. If that's correct, mm -hmm. right? And so it's so it's, we're looking at let's let's focus more on cash flow, less on that quick hit. Uh, which host, you know, wholesaling and flipping, uh, and I've can you, I, I flipped uh, over a hundred houses, so I, I get the business. Yeah, it it's a grind. It can be really good money, right. but it's a it's a different business, and it's a commission business. Exactly. Know, all, all, it's a transactional business. You're right. only as good as your your current transactions. Yep. You have no business moving forward if you don't do another deal. Exactly. Right? And so, so that's definitely a different when you're talking about traveling and maybe traveling abroad and kids <laughs> and that stuff. Yeah. That looks a lot different if you're wholesaling, right? Now you might be able to take a little bit of time off and have your marketing still. And if you got your team and the more you build it, right, the potentially the more you can systematize it. But when you're talking passive and you're talking, um, you know, seller financing type of deal, now you're, now you're a lot more passive. Right. Um, so you mentioned a couple types of strategies that you're, kind of looking at can you explain those to the listeners a little bit more in detail yeah absolutely um so for buying holds uh in our market specifically in the dfw area buying a buying a rental for a classic long-term rental in cash flowing is i'm not going to say it's impossible because it's not but it's extremely 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 difficult um, is that because of pricing and interest rates right now is that correct yeah, just because you're because of the amount of equity, right? Like you would yeah. need you would need probably twenty to twenty five percent down per home, right, to be able to make that work. Yeah. And at the level that we're trying to scale, and on more on the creative side of things, that's uh, a lot of cash. Yeah, exactly. Like I know that let's say a rental is I don't know two hundred fifty thousand. I know that with fifty thousand dollars, the way that we're trying to acquire things, I can maybe have five five properties instead of just one that actually cash flow even more, right? Mm. So um, our strategy at the moment is buying properties uh, via subject to. And I, it's a buzzword, right? Right now, a lot of people are hearing about it and right, right, rightly so. Um, subject to is, uh, I call it my payment takeover program for my sellers. And all that it is, is that you taking over somebody's 
uh, mortgage and you start to make the payments on their behalf. There is a title transfer, so you are protected. Uh, the sellers also protected, so they do get you know a deed of trust, a promissory note, um, but you get to keep their current interest rate and their current mortgage as is, right? So if they have a three and a half percent rate, well, now you have a three and a half percent rate. And most of the time, under those conditions, now you have a little bit more of an exit strategy where perhaps a regular long-term rental maybe makes sense, right? Um, but we're taking it a step further. So that's only the acquisition side of the business. It's just, we're taking over people's mortgages. And then secondary to that, the way that we're exiting is we're finding um, a buyer that needs owner finance, that they don't qualify for conventional financing. Perhaps they have an item or perhaps they don't have credit, but they have great income. Maybe they own a business and they wrote everything off. So their tax return showed that they made $10,000, but they have 500K in the bank, right? It happens. It really yeah. does happen. That's a very familiar story, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. And well, me coming from the mortgage background, I I can't, like, I turned down so many loans that I was like, why are you not qualifying for a loan? Like, this does not make sense. Right. 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 Uh, like sincerely, right? It's like you work your tail off. You have a lot of money in the bank, but just because you're you're not willing to pay Uncle Sam, rightfully so, right? With all the tax uh, incentives that we get as business owners, you're getting penalized. So, um, so a lot of those people turn into owner finance. Um, typically, those loans, um, and I this I like really to to mention this because people when they think owner finance, they're like, oh, you're gonna pay a lot of money, and you know, and interest rates and stuff like that. And you are, it's higher because it's riskier, right? All mortgage brokers, all lending practices are based on risk. Yeah. That's why if you have more down payment and you have a higher credit score, your interest rate is lower because you're regarded as a lower risk of default borrower, right? So when you're doing owner finance, some of these folks don't have credit, don't have a social, right? Have a night in, uh, perhaps they, they don't have super stable income, but they can still show some income. Um, so we're going through that process. Um, and I found a great person here in DFW that has a lot of experience, helped other investors to do like a hundred of these last year. So I'm not going to pretend to be the expert. I'm going to outsource that to the experts. Um, and again, comes down to strategy, right? I know I'm good at acquisition. I'm not going to worry about how can I do it all myself, right? I'm trying to build an acquisition machine here, right? Um, so, um, in a nutshell, we buy, we buy a mortgage, um, say at uh, 3%, we give 10% uh, or $10,000 down to the seller to take over their payments. And then we're turning around and selling it at 10% interest rate, 11% interest rate with a 10 to 15% down for the new buyer. And then my down payments, uh, offset each other. And sometimes there's a little bit of money extra for me. So, um, so overall, you end up paying nothing. You might pay a little bit up front, whatever, but you're you're overall you're paying nothing. Uh, you maybe even making money, like you said, right? Uh, exactly. And, and then there's the there's the difference between your payment, maybe your payments, a thousand bucks a month, and the new buyer's payment is seventeen eighteen hundred seventeen. Correct. Okay. And you're only managing paper, right? Like you're. You hire a third-party escrow company that also notifies the seller when the payments are made. You keep mm -hmm. them happy, right? So, because that's a big one, right? It's like, how do I know if my payments are being made? Well, just have the third-party escrow company send them a notification. Um, Interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, it, the the cool thing about this is, on average, 
$400 is a month, right? Is kind of like um, average what we're, what we're shooting for. But like, for example, right now I have a home run in the pipeline where, you know, I might make $1,200 a month on one single house, right? It gets you thinking, right? Like how many homes on a single family does it take as a regular rental for you to make $1,200 a month? Six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's especially today's rates and prices. Well, probably exactly. if you can make any money, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Wow. And so the other thing I think is attractive at, with this is if you're selling it to somebody on seller financing, they're responsible for the roof. They're responsible for the furnace. They're responsible for the water heater. And that's the biggest thing as an owner. Uh, I, I used to own a lot of single family homes and, and we would make, I, I'd be making five, six, 800 bucks, thousand bucks a month on that home. And then I'd have to replace a roof. And right. for two years in a row, I wouldn't, you know, basically I didn't make any money because I had to replace the roof, you know, and then the wash machine would break down and the refrigerator will break down and the, you know, you name it. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden a, a rental, which I thought I was cash flowing a thousand bucks a month ends up cash flowing a hundred dollars a month. Exactly. No, that, that's, and that's a very true big thing that you're eliminating is those big ticket items that can really eat your profits away. You're, you're essentially doing a triple net lease. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. Absolutely. Great conversation so far. Look, with we got we got a limited time here, so we got to wrap up. I got two last questions I want to ask you. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna start with the first one. Is what's right. a favorite book you can recommend to our listeners? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, but I'm just going to go with my personal favorite, uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Mm. Have you read it? Uh, I've listened to it. And actually, my kids loved it, even though there's some naughty words in there and some stories <laughs> yeah, yeah. we had to maybe uh, fast forward through. But um, it's a great book. I, I agree. Great book. A lot of life lessons. And by the way, mm -hmm. if you're going through some difficult times in your business, it's a great book to read uh, or listen exactly. to because he talks about just getting smacked around constantly. Like I did not, you know, you, you think of Nike and you think of this big company that, you know, right. that the owners that had it made. Yeah, the, the owners of billionaire, of course, it's been <laughs> yeah. easy for them. Holy yeah. cow. Like there was like 20 years or maybe even more of complete struggle. Like, Barely yeah. making it by for like 20, 25 yeah. years. So, yeah. Cool. You, you know, my, uh, just to make a quick note of that, my biggest um, aha moment with that book, to your point, is like understanding the, the, what it, what it means to be in business and what it takes, right, to be successful, the stamina and the endurance that you need. Uh, but my biggest takeaway was at the time, Adidas was already huge. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Adidas had all of the athletes. Yeah. Adidas had all of the athletes. They they owned the marketplace. They were they were Goliath. Right. And I did not know that. I thought like yeah. Nike for the longest time was also a Goliath. Yeah. And so they came in this little itty bitty company with an idea and they grew to a point where now they're the now they're the Goliath. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, like I that was just such a 
uh, shattering, like a limiting belief shattering moment for me where like, well, because I I think a lot of people, yeah, I think a lot of people think that others, these other people are doing it. Like how, how am I going to be any better than them? Right. And so I think that limits a lot of people from doing things that are amazing. Is there like, wow. Nike's already doing this. I can't, I can't compete with the likes of Nike. Yeah, you can because Nike did it to Adidas and yeah. Adidas probably did it to somebody else. Right. Yep. And so, yeah. Walmart you, to Kmart. Right. Walmart to Kmart. Uh, you know, and even within that, you can carve out your own niches that, you know, yeah. people still buy Adidas. They buy Nikes, like they buy Asics, whatever it is. Like they're, they're all doing still, great. <laughs> right. They're all they all have their own little group of people that they target and you can, there's still room for you if you're going to do it. Great. Absolutely. Uh, Kenny, last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? My three pillars of wealth creation. Um, man, I'm going to say, my personal relationship with my fiance is like number one for me. Um, just making sure that I have a, a healthy household that we're on the same page about what we're building uh, that can really make or break you. Um, you know, like, cause when the going gets tough, you need your, you need your, your, your significant other to be there to pick you up and continue to encourage you at every point. Yep. Um, at the same time, the other one I would say is, uh, is faith, you know, like, God has been just a big part of our lives. Um, just, man, when when you have those moments of doubt, right? And you're like, well, you know, if I spend this money, am I going to get a return back, right? If Like um, those moments of doubt, typically I can eliminate them when I know that I have God always looking out, looking out for me in my back. And so I know that if I give my absolute best, he's going to take care of everything else. And so- that's just if it's been so present um and it's been it's been changing the way that i look at things now i'm i'm helping other people also get started in many different ways um and it's just it's been great man it's just it's it's awesome um and last but not least i would say education 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 and strategy just you can't you know you can't just get into this business and hope to figure it out. You hear some stories here and there of people that do figure it out that have never read a book in their life. Right. But gosh, it's just so hard. If you, if you don't know what you don't like know or put yourself in the rooms where people that can help you guide you, which again, leads me to relationships, right? Like it's just, it's, it's, it really is a team sport. Even if like you have your own business thought, I have my own business what we're doing here is we're collaborating, right? Like I'm learning from you. Like, oh, this is the way Todd see things. And like, he just small conversations that can just change your business. I think, you know, one thing you said there about the education strategy, you know, some people can go about it on their own, but the, the deal is there's a blueprint that's been made, right? And the blueprint's already made and choose the blueprints that, you like, and you might be able to take a couple blueprints 
and you go, I like this floor plan. I like this floor plan. You can kind of combine them a little bit and tweak them. You know, you move the closet here and you, you, uh, I, I really want the master bedroom just a little bit bigger. Mm. I don't like where this bathroom is placed. I'm going to just push it over here just a little bit. Like yeah, the blueprints there. Right. And we just can make minor little adjustments to get it to where it's our business. It's our strategy and it's yep. going to work for us, but why start from scratch and not use what's already been built, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's the cool. education, right? That's the strategy. That's what yeah. you're talking about right there. So I, I, I love that. Man, Kenny, uh, good conversation. Really appreciate it. Lots of, lots of good takeaways for our listeners, listeners, Look, go back, grab a grab one thing that Kenny said and, and apply it to your business, to your life. You're going to be better off for it. Kenny, how can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on? Um, through social media. So uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, it's the same handle in all of them. It's Kenny, K-E-N-N-Y, J Garza, Kenny J Garza. And you can find me in all of my social media. I particularly enjoy uh, Instagram best to connect with folks, but you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, either of those, either in any of those will work. Love it. Awesome. Again, Kenny, really appreciate it. And you have a fantastic rest of the day. You as well. Thank you, Todd. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.